welcome to another edition of eConversations. Uh, this is Julia Coronado. I am the current president of the National Association for Business Economics. And since our vice president is on vacation, we are very honored and excited to have with us today, Nick Bunker from Indeed. Nick, what's your title at Indeed? I am the uh, director for North American Economic Research. That sounds like an important title and that sounds so so we are going to do what we usually do, which is break down uh, Friday's jobs report, the May jobs report. Um, so I'll start by asking you, Nick, what do you what did you what are your big takeaways? What did we learn about the labor market from the May the official report? And maybe what are we learning from the data that you see every day at Indeed? Yeah, so. My takeaway from Friday after uh, some reaction to some of those headline numbers was this is still a very familiar story of what we're seeing in the U.S. labor market over the last several months. It's resilient. There's still yes. lots of demand for workers. There's lots of hiring. There's still elevated wage growth, but there are signs of moderation. You know, the, yes, that headline payroll number was really strong, but I think the underlying momentum of the labor market is towards moderation, that things are slowing down. Uh, we've seen, you know, for example, Average weekly hours, that continues to come down. Wage growth, it's still resilient, but the trend over the past year or so has been moderation. Towards moderation, yeah. So we're still seeing a labor market that by 2019 standards um, is, you know, th these reports are sort of blockbusters by those standards, but it's yeah. not as, you know, um, you know, not as big as things were. Not as blockbustery. Yes, it's more, um, <laughs> oh boy, it's more, um, you know, it's more like an Avengers movie rather than Titanic. Um, it's, still, <laughs> it's still doing really well, but it's not like this. It's it's not this all-time um, uh, amazing report. Yeah. So it's yes, there's some you can pick out some you know other really large numbers uh, from that report, the headline, headline payroll numbers, and in the opposite direction, you can look at the unemployment rate spiking and maybe um, yeah, which is unusual. A three tenths jump is outside a recession is a pretty unusual jump. So both of the reports in their own way had elements of volatility, um, which, yeah. you know, I think that's more of a ongoing challenge to data collection. We just, it's just harder to separate the wheat from the chaff yes. uh, in the data. And uh, this was a particularly noisy report. I remember just going into the report, I'm like, please let it just be well behaved so I can write up my report and be done for the weekend, but no such luck. Oh no, that, that, that is, you know, I have similar sort of uh, wishes and hopes before every report. Like it, you know, obviously you want it to be a, a indicative of a very healthy US labor market. Yes. But if it's not, at least be like consistent um, yes. and, and tell us uh, a nice clean story that I can parse An quickly. easy narrative, yes. Uh, and this and was this, not easy. Oh no, not at all, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, yeah, we have the unemployment rate rising. There's this special element of the self-employed workers that get captured in the household survey. They don't get captured in payrolls. They decline by more than three hundred thousand. I think three hundred and sixty-nine thousand, something along those lines. And that's, you know, obviously we know about the household survey being more volatile. You don't want to put any fine point on a monthly change in the household survey. But that is, you know, an, an interesting element. Do you do you see anything in your data that helps shed light on this? You know, what, is, what are the dimensions of, what is this decline in self-employment? They, 
that seems to be, you know, through the monthly volatility that has been a trend over the last year. What do you think is going on there? Yeah, so I do think part of this is that you saw throughout the early days of the pandemic, it's sort of like a big jump in self-employment. Um, so in many ways, I think what you're seeing with self-employment is what you're seeing in other parts of labor labor market too. A bit of an part of this moderation is also an unwinding of law of the pandemic era right. changes that, you know, in 2021, lots of payroll gains, people seemingly taking advantage of a lot of, um, you know, tightness and strength labor market to become self-employed, um, you know, big swings in the household spending affected what industries were growing or not. And now as we are, you know, getting further and further into 2023, a lot of those pandemic era shifts are unwinding. Now, now some of them aren't, and I think that's particularly interesting, but that's my interpretation of what you've seen with self-employment outside of this one um, sort of eyebrow raising swing. That's yeah. sort of just, it's a, it's a part of the, you know, heading towards a new normal. And this is right. one, something that right. is, right. seems to be reverting back to what we were seeing like 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 uh, and, and a lot of that does seem to be somewhat tied to the sort of boom and bust in real estate. And, and I know home prices are stabilizing, but like the, the, the level of home sales is way down. So you've got realtors and leasing agents and all kinds of people that were sort of riding the wave upwards on a self-employed basis now returning maybe to um, wage and salary work. Um, and we still seem to have a lot of the, the hiring that we do see uh, are in kind of what I call the catch-up sectors, you know, the sectors that couldn't compete as well during the hottest part of the labor market, healthcare and teachers uh leisure and hospitality and those those sectors are now uh, much more easily able to find the workers they need so they seem to be driving a lot of the hiring even as some of the other uh more cyclically sensitive sectors that are suffering the uh the uh the slowing consumer demand are are, are easing up but not a, not a lot of layoffs right we don't really see sectors with large-scale layoffs yet that's the shoe that has not dropped in the U.S. labor market. That uh, you know, the other data uh, release that came out last week is is jolts, um, and from that we didn't we don't really see much of a pickup in, in layoffs. There was you know that was the April data. If you looked at the March data, that it you know there was a one month rise in yeah. layoffs, really concentrated in the construction sector. You wait one month, it it reverts back. Looks like it was yeah. noise. So I yeah. think. That's one lesson from you know, a different report, but again, for what we're talking about with the data we got on Friday, hey, sometimes there's big one month swings. Yes. It's you always good rule to like- about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the JOLT report actually is another one where we had really mixed signals. So we had this rise in job openings and that's been something the Fed is sort of obsessively focused on. Uh, meanwhile, the quit rate and uh, and the hiring rate are back. They declined a lot, and they are back at pre-pandemic levels. And you know, so they're kind of telling different stories. And I know you're a big Jolts aficionado, so you wanna you wanna give us your best interpretation of the overall takeaways from that report? Yeah. So I think uh, two two takeaways. One is that similar to the jobs report, underneath some of the headlines with the Jolts data. This is, this is a moderating labor market. It's one that's still yeah. very strong, very resilient. You just mentioned the quits rate is essentially back to where it was in 2019. 
Yeah. I think that's a, one thing we do have to remind ourselves that it's not as though the 2019 labor market was, uh, you know, this dismal cool. place. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, it was very it was, healthy, very healthy to, to yeah. the point where there was a lot of a lot of the trends that you saw uh, go into hyperdrive in 2021 and 2022 were there in 2019. Yeah. We were seeing more people pull into the labor market. We were seeing, you know, elevated yeah. job switching that you yeah. know, jolts quits yeah. rates good proxy for and wage growth was particularly strong at the low end of the wage distribution. So for us to be normalizing back to 2019 is um, in my book, you know, a, a nice place to potentially land. land. Um, but yes. but that, that's that's the $22 trillion question of whether we right. can actually pull that off. Um, but then on the jolts front um, or the more specifically the, the JO part of that, the job openings that yes, it, it rose um, unexpectedly in April, um, but I think my two points there is if you take your take your step back and look at the longer term trend in that jolt the jolts job openings data it has it did peak in march of 2022 it has been trending down mm -hmm. um and that if you're interested in other measures of say job postings like the indeed job postings yes index, yes that has <laughs> roughly continued. tracked over time and it has continued to decline mm -hmm. after the period covered by the most recent jolts data so right and we have data open. from the indeed index because i've been following that and i've got a nice pretty chart that indexes them to be 100 at the start of the pandemic and yes. uh and they do track reasonably well you know again i think jolts uh had more amplitude than indeed um but uh they are tracking and and we have data now on indeed through may so actually through uh, last, so through Friday, the, the report through Friday. Just, through Friday. So um, I don't have the exact number ahead of me, mm -hmm. in front of me right now, but there has been, you know, continued pullback yeah. since the, you know, the last day of April, which is when the jolts is trying to be, is that dates when they're trying to capture the number of job openings. So um, yes, the April report was one of those months where like it jumped up, but the Indeed data been trending down. Yeah. Um, so That's you can sort of look at that as a statistical noise, probably along a downtrend. Yes, and I think um, uh, a point, a, a more well-known point these days is what's been happening to the response rate with Jolts. Yes, um, that has it's very low now. This is uh, a lots of surveys um, that the BLS uses to make economic data. The response rates have lowered. Uh, Jolts is you know. Uh, the poster child for that. Yes, um, it is. So, so one of the things you might expect from that declining response rate is maybe more volatility in the data. Yeah, yeah. And that seems to be happening where there's sort of big revisions or month to month, everyone yeah. expects it to go down and it jumps up and then you come back two months later and it's trending down again. So, so let's, let's wrap it up by like, what is, what is the, what does the Federal Reserve make of this? What do they do with interest rates on the back of the JOLTS report and the employment report and all the great Indeed data that is now publicly available? Uh, what, what, what are they, what are they supposed to make of this? What's the narrative here? So I think there's what, uh, what they're supposed to, or what maybe I would think you they hope they want to do, what, 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 what they will what, do, what <laughs> and what will they will do. And I think, uh, Julia, this is a point you've well made is that with the job openings, uh, they've emphasized that data a lot, and that, yes. yeah, even if you take a long run uh, look at this or longer run look at this, openings have declined, but they are still very elevated from where they were very prior elevated. to the pandemic. Yeah. And you know, you look at um, the payroll gains. They've trended down. They're no longer at 2021 or 2022 pace. But I think 
my my sense is that the Fed thinks this is too many jobs being added on a monthly yeah. basis and things yeah. need to get much, much lower. So I think um, in many ways a set of reports that came out, th these two you know, reports that came out last week, many people would say, hey, this is great. This is a resilient labor market and um, it's not cooling down all More that balanced. much. Yes. And I think the Federal Reserve's response would be, oh my gosh, this is a very resilient labor market that just- Yeah, yeah, darn it. We keep trying to kill it and it won't die. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what's like, oh, what do we have to do? Um, like it's, uh, you know, like Jaws, we're going to need a bigger boat. Like we're going to yeah. need bigger uh, rate hikes. I think that is um, concerning because there's been- a lot of rate hikes over the past year plus yeah. this point yeah. and um it's perhaps uncharted waters yeah yeah it's tough it's not it's 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 tough you know i think that they've been very focused on not making the mistake of the 70s and sounding the all clear too early only to have inflation reemerge and certainly nominal wage growth is still running uncomfortably high for their tastes uh, but on the other hand, as you pointed out, how many, how much of the full effect have we felt from what they've done? Um, and what is the direction of travel and on the mean, and, and, and we've just achieved so much in this labor market. Like we've achieved such great things. Uh, it's such a fabulous labor market. You, you, you would really love to see it survive the, the uh, the inflation cool down. So we we will see. We will see how the Fed squares that circle and um, whether they see the glasses half full or half empty. Uh, and uh, and we'll see more data in the months ahead. And and I will I I, I want to express our appreciation from the National Association for Business Economics for the incredible data that you guys have been making available publicly. It's really nice to have that higher frequency. Uh, and, and I think your sample size is a little bit bigger than Joel's as I'm a, understand it, right? Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> orders of magnitude larger. Orders of magnitude uh, in the millions, not the thousands. So yeah, it, it is. Um, it is. Uh, there's lots of gratifying things about my job, but the fact that so many people have found that data useful um, yes. in a variety of audiences is um, something that always makes me me happy. Yes. Well, we are happy that you share. We're happy you joined us today. Uh, thank you for sharing your insights. And uh, we will wrap up this episode of eConversation. So everybody out there, please join us again next month. We'll wrap up the, uh, the June employment report and we'll have a Fed rate decision uh, under our belts and, uh, and more, more uh, noise and uh, signal to sort through. So uh, thank you for joining us and um, we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of eConversations with NAEB. We hope you'll join us for the 20th annual NAEB Foundation Economic Measurement Seminar, July 17th and 18th at the Four Seasons Hotel in Washington, DC. The Economic Measurement Seminar provides a unique opportunity to learn about federal agency data directly from the producers of the data. Pairing the data producer with a data user, the seminar provides a comprehensive picture of the importance and different uses of economic measurement today. If you've previously attended, we encourage you to come back for Track B sessions, spend some time exploring measurement on hot topics such as consumer sentiment, the energy revolution, housing affordability, manufacturing, wages, consumer spending, and the debt crisis. Early bird deadline is June 14th. Please visit naeb.com slash EMS 2023 for more information and to register.